Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. I'm your host, Paula Jenkins. I invite you to join me as we explore how inspiring people have chosen joy in their lives and what they have to share with us about how to jumpstart joy in the world. Plus, how do we follow our own hearts, find work that lights us up while mindfully noticing the role joy plays in our own journey. Hello and welcome to episode 130. This is Paula Jenkins, the host of Jumpstart Your Joy. This week on the podcast, I'm excited to be doing a solo cast where I'm going to be sharing about some of the aha moments that I've had over the past month or so about joy, how it works in our lives, how it's a choice. And beyond that, that's where the aha moments are, how choosing joy means that we take action on it and that we actively pursue what lights us up, and that we make time in our day-to-day for joy in our life. I'll be looking back at a couple of conversations that I've had, one with Fred LeBlanc of Cowboy Mouth, and the other um, with Julia Samuel, who wrote the book Grief Works, and was on, both of them were on just this last month. Before we get to that, I want to say I am so glad that you are here. I hope you are having a wonderful spring. Happy Easter to those of you who celebrate. Um, I want to thank you for tuning in this week. And always, if you are new here, you can find out more about the show, including show notes for each episode over at the website, which is jumpstartyourjoy.com. And this specific episode, if you wanted to look up, I'll be talking about a couple of books, or if you want to get a link over to the other episodes that I'm referencing this week, you can find everything at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash active joy. And if you're listening in Apple um, podcasts, also known as iTunes, you can just see the show notes right there. And so that's a great reason um, if you aren't already subscribed to subscribe on your Apple device if you have one. And then you can also see the show notes right there. If you're there, of course, please leave a review. I love to see them. And you can find Jumpstart Your Joy on all the major podcasting spots. So that's Google Play Music, Player FM, and of course, iTunes uh, as well. So some just fun things to catch up on. I hope you guys are having a great spring. Um, My son and I are going to be heading off for spring break. He is he is on break this week, and we are headed to the great state of Texas. Woohoo! And we're going to start in Houston um, and visit with my former roommate from Yale Divinity School, um, Kathy, and then spend a couple of days with her family and then head north. Um, we're going to stop. You guys, I'm so excited. We are going to stop in Waco, Texas. And if you watch the show Fixer Upper, you will know why. (laughs) Because I'm a huge fan of the show. And of course, Chip and Joanna Gaines live there. And that's where they opened their first shop, Magnolia. And now they have, of course, the silos and the food trucks and the bakery and Magnolia table. So uh, my son and I um, are hoping to soak in as much of that as we can. We're going to stay at a little bed and breakfast just have a fun road trip and then we leave out of Dallas the next uh, Sunday. So I am going to be really excited to report back on Magnolia just because I find the story so inspiring and their love of just diving into a city and improving homes and bringing them into new life. It just, it's that transformation that lights me up and I just get excited about it. So 
That is the plan for the next couple weeks. There's also a lot going on in April on the show. Um, you will get to hear from my mastermind and I again. We're going to be talking about confidence. A couple weeks ago, we did a webinar about reclaiming confidence, and it was a it was a lot of fun, a big hit, and we had a lot of people join us. And so we're going to redo it. Mark your calendars for April twentieth. We will redo it live. Um, and in person, well, not in person, but on the air, and you can dial in and join us and ask questions and participate. We would love to have you. So there's a sign up for that at jumpstartyourjoy.com. Um, and then I think we're also going to do another one in May, but this time on balance. So a lot of fun things there. Also super excited to have Suzanne Colon on later this month. And the Friendpreneur series this month is with Michelle Ward, which oh, she's always so much fun. And I know you guys are really going to want to catch that's where I talk to people who are friends and entrepreneurs, hence the made up word there. And uh, we talk about what's going on with starting a business and running a business and what does it really look like from the inside out. So that's what's coming up and you can expect those episodes this month. Super excited to bring them to you. And so, yeah, make sure you check out the site. Uh, show notes, you can find them, jumpstartyourjoy.com slash activejoy. And so let's jump into the show. So this last month, I, it's been a very interesting retrospective for me. There's been a lot um, specifically around having Fred LeBlanc and then just a couple months, sorry, a couple weeks later, Julia Samuel joined me. And it's kind of an unlikely duo that bring me an aha moment, but maybe that's exactly the kind of magic that, you know, needs to happen is kind of unexpected things coming together in new ways. And so what I'd like to do is go over a little bit about what what I took away from the conversations both with Fred and Julia, if I may call them by their first names. Um, and then I'm going to share kind of my new aha and twist on it. And then a few ways of how you could bring this new twist into your life. So um, we will get started then with Fred and what I really took away from his from the conversation we had, and you can get a link to the episode he was on. So Fred was episode 125, and you can get the link to that in the show notes themselves. What I really loved and what stood out to me is how Fred just intuitively knows how he is using and working with, I guess is really a better way of saying it, but working with energy and that's kind of, he understands really deeply that that is the base of what he's doing as a musician. And so the backstory on Fred is um, he was born deaf. And I think he said at about three to four months, his parents were aware that he could not hear. And so they would start playing music for him really loudly. And they, they the hope was that he would hear the bass and be able to start to connect with something outside of his, you know, outside of himself in a different way and be able to hear and tune into it. And so he says that, you know, instruments and drumming specifically, he's a drummer, but they come very easily to him. Um, and he said in that interview that he was aware from a very young age that he could move, and he, his words were something like, move massive amounts of energy just through the art of doing music. And later in this conversation that we had, he talks about also being aware of the energy that he was what aware of when he had been part of a band that had more of a negative vibe to them that I think they were punk not that punk has to be negative music but that the, he was aware that kind of the 
the lyrics and the energy around this band were fairly on the angry side and more on the fear-based side. And so he really wanted to start something new on his own that was more of a positive nature. And so it's just, it's interesting to me that someone can understand so deeply the effect of love and fear, or I mean, those being two opposites, but also the effect that the energy that he's using and and can connect with and then put out into the world through the art of music, that he's so aware of that and in tune with that, that he wants what he's putting out into the world to be really positive, but he also understands that it is taking energy of him to put that kind of energy into the world as well. Um, the other thing that I really loved about the conversation is when he talked about after having gone through a divorce and some hard stuff in his life, he was aware that he was in a place that was, that he was, you know, feeling kind of depressed. And so he also fully connected with this idea that like he had to find his way back to what made him happy. And so he understood that that's not like a full like zero to 60 proposition where you go from being um, kind of depressed and feeling out of it to being 100% happy. And so he was like, well, what can I do in my life that would help me connect to those things that I love or connect to something that feels better than this moment? And for him, because he's a drummer, he started with picking up his drumsticks and just was aware of what he felt in the moment. And it was, you know, a version of joy, but it was a connection to something bigger than himself. And he could take in that thing where he understood he was connected to something else and that this was maybe just being content. And then the next step from that for him was playing music in front of other people and playing an entire, you know, concert and taking the energy there that he understood. And that started to buoy him up as he went. And so I just love this, that there's this mindfulness to the joy part for him and that he was very um, intentionally placing his um, his mind on what would make me feel better right now and how can I keep moving it forward. And those were the things that really stood out for me because it was such it was so obvious that joy is a choice for him, but that he also understands the way that choosing that energy influences himself and it influences other people. So that is episode 125. Go back and listen if you haven't heard it yet. It is He's amazing. So enter Julia Samuel, and she is episode 127, so just a, the week, two weeks later. Um, I aired her interview, and what she does is she is a psychotherapist who works with people who are in grief or bereavement. So she also started um, Child Bereavement UK, which is um, a charity and foundation that works with people who have lost a child or children who are in grief because they've lost a parent or someone close to them. So this is a hard space, um, and... Even at the time, I could feel myself kind of questioning, you know, like, what does this have to do with joy? Very interesting to go into a conversation like that because I didn't know exactly where that discussion would go. And you should, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode 127 because it really becomes so obvious the joy and grief are such bookends of intense emotions. And the thing that really stood out for me in speaking to Julia is her take on the role, you know, when you're working through grief and trying to process it, one of the things that she encourages people to do is to set aside some time 
to feel something other than the grief. You know, and, and in coach speak, that would be you make a container for something. So you build the container to feel the grief and then you very mindfully go and spend some time feeling something else, right? Because grief can be overwhelming and it can take over and you need to make space for something else. And I love that even she talks about when she's working, I mean, this is her life's work, right? But her answer to the question of how do you jumpstart joy in the world um, in your life or other people's lives, I mean, the things that she says that she makes space for were like romantic comedies. I mean, that's one of that's one of her favorite things to do is to go watch a romantic comedy or listen, connect with her grandchildren and just take part in their laughter. You know, and the, it's it's amazing that someone who works so deeply with grief and with those who are grieving, she is mindfully making space for things that are something else than grief. And so it's these two things. So so those that's the recap on these two conversations. And you can kind of see the lay of the land of the pieces that I've picked out and teased out that I think are really interesting. And where this brought me was to this new aha moment. And how does this all get pulled together? Well, I understand that, you know, kind of as a society. So I'm going to walk through how I pieced it together and then I'll tell you more about this aha moment. But so as a society, we are often like associating ourselves with busyness, right? And we very rarely slow down and take a mindful moment to notice what we're feeling. And it makes me think about how energy is something and I don't know that I'd ever really thought of it in the way that that Fred explained it or that he noticed in himself but that energy is something that we can control to a certain extent we can control how we are engaging with things Um, you know we can control if we are going to allow ourselves to go into the place that feels hard or or depressing or mindfully we may not be able to control that we got there but we could say I want to feel something else And I think we can also choose if we're engaging with busyness, right? Like that's another energy that we can control. We want to buy into the busyness of the day to day or we want to we want to say, hey, I wish I could have something else. And that maybe that is slowness, right? And so that's where mindfulness comes in is that we stop and re-engage about where we are putting our energy. Is it towards maybe busyness? Is it towards anger? Is it towards bettering yourself? Is it towards peace? Is it towards joy? Um, but you get to choose where your energy goes each day. And, and that is just, it's a fascinating aha for me. And when you couple that with the idea that joy and choice are, that you have the choice. If you want to engage in something joyful, if you, if you want to re-engage, if you feel yourself out of alignment with joy. So you get, the, you get to choose if you're stepping towards love and joy or if you're stepping away from it with everything that you do. And so that's why, I mean, you guys probably already know this. One of the things that I really love to ask people, whether they're working with me and they're a client or just in general, <laughs> I'm known to talk about, am I coming at this thing, whatever it is, is it's a, could be a thought, it could be something I'm doing, it could be a desire to travel, but whatever it is, like, Am I coming at this thing from a place of love or fear? And if we apply that onto things, you know, am I am I just doing this next task? If if we're looking at busyness still, am I doing this next task just because I feel like I should look busy? Or if I'm am I doing this next task just because I feel like 
you know, well, moms do these things and we shuttle our kids to 10 different events a day. And so this is more because I'm worried about how someone else will perceive me. Or am I doing this because I really want to have engagement for my child and want for him to explore, you know, experience more things or whatever? You know, is it love or is it fear? So in kind of thinking of all these things, and I don't know why the busyness thing comes up so strongly for me when I start to think about it, but I think in our day-to-day, it's so easy to become distracted and detached from being mindful that the thing that Fred really reminded me of is you get a choice and you get to jump back into that in any moment. Um, And then when I layer in the piece that Julia was talking about, which is how she specifically tells clients to set a container for joy or feeling something other than grief when they are in the midst of bereavement and grieving, this is where the aha moment comes in, is that while in the past I have talked about joy being a choice and we must keep on choosing it, which is a quote, well, it's a paraphrased quote from Henry Nouwen, who is a theologian from Yale Divinity School. I've always loved that there is that mindful moment, like that quote in and of itself kind of is the synopsis of this idea that that joy is, well, I mean, clearly, the joy is a choice, but that you get to choose love or fear. Like in any second, you're choosing it. But the thing that I think what Fred, with the conversations with Fred and Julia brought up for me is that it's not it's not even just that it's a choice but that w- but the next step beyond that is that we get to choose what we do with it. So when we are choosing joy, there's also a step beyond that. When we're choosing joy, there's an action that can come out of it. So it was really interesting because shortly after listening or having the two conversations with Fred and then with Julia is I was listening to one of the YouTube videos with Abraham Hicks and one of the lines, um, and if you don't know them, I'm just going to, I'll post a, a YouTube link. It's all about law of attraction is what I have Abraham Hicks talks about. Um, and Esther Hicks is the person that, that he speaks through or that they speak through. But the idea that we practice the vibration of it. Now they're talking about getting closer to your source and, and divinity and, and whatnot in this video. But the idea of practicing the vibration of it, and in this case, I'll substitute it for joy. So the next step from joy is a choice and we must keep on choosing it is that we practice the vibration of joy. Now that's my aha moment. Now it may seem rather obvious that the thing is, is that we have to bring the joy into the world and whatever that means for ourselves or for others or taking the step. The example here that I can think of is when Fred realized he's not feeling himself like himself. And so he says, well, I'm going to do something that makes me feel more in connection with the person that I want to be or the feeling that I want to have. And for him, that was, you know, picking up his drumsticks. But for you, that might be something else. And and the connection here for me is is what Julia Samuel was saying was that we mindfully then make a practice of it. So, so when we combine these two ideas, you find the thing that brings you joy and you mindfully make a practice of it. Those are the two things connected that is the aha moment. We are going to practice the vibration of joy. And so here's where I, this is how I kind of summarize this aha moment, is that the transformative nature of joy is is. It's instead of waiting until we realize that we 
feel we are in a place of lacking and that we notice that we are out of alignment. So what does that mean? Instead of waiting until we're in the midst of grief or waiting until we are on the other side of a divorce or waiting until something has happened where we feel like I'm so out of touch with what brings me joy. So instead of waiting until those moments hit, here's, here's the aha moment. Here's the practice, the vibration of joy that we prioritize and we make joy the center of our, our days and our practice now. Because joy is not, let's get clear on this too, because I think it's one of those things that get, that comes up often when I'm talking about joy, but joy is not the blissed out state or an intellectual or intentional high, right? I mean, because those, those are something, and this came out when I was, um, when Paul Selig was on, but this idea that if you're talking about that getting an intentional high or some or pleasure seeking, there's nothing wrong with that, but that it isn't necessarily a true definition of joy, right? Joy in the definition that we're talking about is connecting with something bigger than yourself and mindfully resetting when you notice that you are drifting into busyness. So that's that's how I'm defining it. It's so, or I'm actually defining the practicing the vibration of joy. So what I'm saying here is that once you notice that you are drifting away from joy, that you then mindfully bring yourself back to it. And to say that, I also want to point out that it's not a forced thing. It's, it's an intention. And I think that's the nuance that comes out of this realization from the two discussions from Fred and Julia is that the way that this could work and be not forceful in your day-to-day or not jarring, you know, in like resetting yourself to feel more joy is that you can set aside time and you can set your intention to connect back to joy when you feel yourself out of alignment with it. So you can follow the energy that you already know feels good. You can make space and hold space for the connection to something bigger than yourself. And this openness, this openness of saying, I want to practice the vibration of joy, is the space where the transformation takes place. By inviting joy in and spending time working with joy, you cultivate a relationship with it. And joy is anything that feels connected, open, open, infinite, or inspired. Joy is your bigger mind and joy is your purpose. Instead of waiting for the inspiration to hit and for yourself to feel just right to move ahead, here's what I am suggesting is that you should set aside the time and space to play with joy each week. Or maybe it's each day, but I want us to start thinking about what happens when we set aside the time in our lives for joy and to play with joy. And some days, you know, I think that playing with joy is going to feel a little bit labored. And other days, it won't feel that that way so much. Um, I noticed when I was writing some of this out, there was a little ant crawling around near me. <laughs> and it made me think of how sometimes when we are trying to connect or we're trying to get into alignment or trying to create something wonderful, in this case, when we're trying to practice joy, maybe we would feel a little bit like that scout ant. And that's the one that I would think is the one that gets sent out from, you know, the ant, the ant colony in search of food. Um, and it's looking for food and it's like trying every angle and it's just wandering around feeling aimless. And I, and I think there's days that when you're trying to connect with joy or trying to connect with your creative purpose, that things are going to feel a little bit like that scout ant, right? You're just out, you're just trying things, you're trying different angles, and you probably have been spending time looking for the thing that you want and that you know you need, 
but you didn't find it or you got close or you spent a lot of time trying and maybe you're tired. But there's going to be other days, and I promise they do exist and they will happen. There's going to be other days that you feel like you're one of the ants in that line. And you know exactly which line I'm talking about. You know, they found, um, <laughs> you know, they found the jelly bean um, out on the patio and there's millions of them in a line rushing towards it, you know. And those ants in um, those lines, they don't have to think about it. It's easy. You know, I think the scent is is how they find it, right? Like they have that, they lay down their own scent, but they're just following the scent. They're in the flow. They're running for that jelly bean. And some days following joy or living out your creative purpose or, you know, getting in connection or even meditating, some days it's just going to feel like you're one of those ants in one of those lines where it's it's effortless and you're not having to search for joy. It's the path is already clear. And all you have to do is tap in and find it. And so why do I bring this up? Well, I think, you know, it's not without those days where you feel like a scout. You've got to send out the scouts every once in a while for you to find your joy. And so the next piece here that strikes me and that I haven't been totally clear about, but the next piece of this puzzle, I think, is how do we practice the vibration of joy? And and I think that ant... (laughs) analogy is is a great one because it shows an example of of the thing that we must do um and i think there's really two things here so if we're practicing the vibration of joy there's one thing that i want you to start to do if you're like i wish i could figure out how to bring more joy i want you to just i want you to make space in your day to notice joy when you feel it because i think one of the the things about us all being so busy is that lots of times it's easy to miss the joy, right? You know, you're jumping from meeting to meeting. I don't know, you're shuttling the kids around. You're, I don't know, making dinner. And it's hard, hard to absorb the joyful moment when it hits. And I think at other times and places, I've called it a birthday moment um, because I remember there was a time, I think it was around my 18th birthday when my friends and I were out. I, you know, we were we'd driven our cars up above, um, I think it's the Berkeley Bowl. And, um, We were just goofing around after having dinner for my birthday, and we realized that below us, Paul McCartney was literally playing at the Berkeley Bowl that night. And there was just something so joyful about all of us up there that I remember thinking to myself, I wish I could soak this moment in, and I wish I could put this on my heart forever. And clearly, I did. But I think there's something really special about that. Like, if you see that thing that you're like, oh my gosh, life is so good right now, I want you to just take a mental snapshot. I mean, and maybe it's something that you journal about later, but just close your eyes and soak it in because that moment is beautiful. And then I think, so that's the one thing that I know you could do, you know, and it doesn't really take anything other than mindfulness to notice those moments. The other is this scout ant moment, right? (laughs) The ants have to send out the scouts. So what I'm suggesting is what if, and it's not really even a what if, I think each of us, I want you to do this. I want you to start carving out a little bit of time in your week. It's an hour. And I want you to spend it doing something that feels like it could be connected. You're curious about it. You're excited about it. Maybe you're nervous about it. But the real point here. It'll be a little bit different than the scout ants, but it, the real point is to get curious and to play. The, the, the idea here is you're practicing the vibration of joy 
And to do that, you have to dig in and get a little bit messy. You have to set aside the time and do something for no other reason than you're playing with it. So maybe it is that you used to, I know my friend Christy tending, um, she started setting aside time to just write a poem every once in a while because she had, I think she um, has a degree in in fine writing or master's fine arts in writing. And that just felt like a reconnection point to something that was so joyful for her. I'm going to re-air the episode with uh, Mandy Ford next week. She is uh, an illustrator, an artist. She reconnected, and this is this, you know, practicing the vibration of joy. She decided that she wanted to start writing. Now, she had been in, she'd loved doodling and drawing from when she was a little girl, but she was really called to go take a creative writing class. And You've got to go listen, come back next week for that. But it's really exciting to see what happens when she made room for that and how it brought her back to drawing, even though she'd gone into a class for writing. So much goodness comes from just setting aside the intention and setting aside the space for the hour for you to send out your little scout ants (laughs) and see what it brings back, right? You may not find the jelly bean this time, but maybe you're going to find you know, I, I don't even know what else. <laughs> you know, like you're going to find a strawberry. And of course, this is all metaphor, but what you will discover each time is going to be very different. But you won't start to understand what brings you closer to joy and you until you start spending the time playing with it. And and this this necessity and this, this thing, I, you know, it's really, it does harken back to what both Fred and Julia said, which is, One, decide where you're putting your energy. So set aside some time for this. You know, you've got to make time for it. And that you then truly the other piece of it is that Julia was going after things that made her joyful. Um, And then the thing that I'm layering in here that's just a little bit different, I think, is setting aside the time now before you're in a place where you realize you don't you're out of connection with joy, set aside the time now to practice the vibration of joy because it's important and because it's meaningful to you. Um, I will say that um, after this all kind of hit me and I realized it was it was like, yeah, oh, this, this is that next step beyond choosing joy. I was like, oh, wait, this is also a lot like the idea that Julia Cameron talks about in her book, The Artist's Way. She talks about setting up an artist's date once a week, and it has to do with the creative process. But I think it's that idea is layered in, but this is more open-ended. What brings you joy? Maybe it is drawing, maybe it is doodling, maybe it is something truly of a creative nature, but maybe you just want to go and sit and watch movies. You know, like, (laughs) I think that's the other piece that was so apparent when Julia was talking, Julia Samuel was talking about what brings her joy is it's participating in things, it's not necessarily the creation of things. So I'm going to give you full permission to decide that, you know, like interacting with someone that you haven't talked to in a long time, give them a call. That's joyful. You know, it doesn't have to be that you're sitting down to write. I just want you to put it out there that you are spending time doing something that brings you joy. And what are some of the other like benefits and and other things that pop up when we start to think about this. So now that we kind of have the equation of one, starting to notice where do we see and feel joy, take that take that mental snapshot 
And then two, set aside these hours of your day where you can start to practice the vibration of joy. When you're doing that, a few gotchas and things to look out for that I want to point out for you is, you know, don't judge yourself about when you feel joy. Because I think there's a lot, there's a lot out there that says this is how we feel joy. Or we get into that territory of people tell us we're too much. And I want to, I want you to try and let go of all of that as you start to practice this and let yourself be a student. Let yourself approach this with beginner's eyes because it's very easy to get into that mindset of how it should feel or this is, you know, putting, putting judgments on top of these things. And so I want you to put those aside as you start to play with joy and don't try and avoid the time that you're setting aside for yourself. If you start to have negative self-talk, a.k.a. the inner critic shows up and says, why are you doing this? This seems like a weird use of time. If those words come up, just move forward. Say thank you. Thank you for your input, inner critic, but I'm going to move forward. So try and let the judgment and the self negative self-talk put that aside while you start to participate in practicing the vibrational nature, you know, the vibration of joy. So... I hope that this has brought some new layers and nuances into how you can interact with joy and bring more joy into your life. I think that the thing that you will find out is that once you start to practice this this vibration, that you will notice it more and that you will see it more often and that it then will kind of vibrate into other aspects of your life. Um... Because I think once you know how to go back into those little pockets and moments of joy, and even if you have some really dear memories um, that you can reflect back into when you're in a hard time, um, or you know how to find joy, I think it's going to help you and things will feel like they even out over time because you have this better grasp on how to get back into Uh, you know, the space that feels joyful and what does joy feel like and how can you access it. So that is today's episode. I would love to hear what you think of it and if you had any aha moments along with me. Um, If you want to find the show notes for this one, it's all um, along with the links to the episodes with Fred and Julia. Um, I'll also link out to the book, um, The Artist's Way. And um, so jumpstartyourjoy.com slash activejoy is the link for this one. And you can sign up over on the website as well if you go over there to join myself and my mastermind for that webinar on April 20th, which is Reclaiming Confidence. I really hope you'll join us. It's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait to be live on the phone with Liz and Julie. We always have so much fun. So you'll want to go sign up for that. Um, And as I mentioned, next week on the show, I am doing a look back episode and I'm revisiting that conversation with Mandy Ford. So as I mentioned, kind of the aha moment of this show made me think back about how Mandy talked about how she really followed and practiced. And we didn't use these words in that episode, but the vibrational, you know, the vibration of joy and how she just followed her heart to go back to that writing class and then how it brought out it brought her back to drawing and um, she then started posting her art on Instagram and then landed a licensing deal just about four months later and it was, it's just amazing so if you want to hear more about that her story is so inspiring and I just love how she said yes to joy and inspiration and all of that um, and oh, 
you're gonna love it because she has she says this as she goes back to start drawing that she said my soul knows something that it isn't ready to tell me yet and uh, yeah such a good conversation so i just know you're going to be delighted to hear mandy and i hope that you will come back for that and until then i hope that your days are filled with so much joy <laughs>